Welcome to One Word Write a Podcast. We are having coffee today in Author's Cozy Corner with Jane L. Rosen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our show. And we're going to talk about your book. And I've just been going on and on about how much I love On Fire Island. But first, tell our audience a little bit about who you are. Hi, everyone. My name is Jane Rosen, Jane L. Rosen, officially. And I'm an author and a screenwriter. And I live in Fire Island in New York City with my three daughters and my husband and their dogs. And I'm really happy to be on the podcast with Tish. And I started writing novels about 10 years ago. Before that, I was just writing screenplays. And since then, I've written four novels. Uh, What are they called? Nine Women, One Dress. A rumor, which is being picked up for television, a shoe story, and on Fire Island. Oh, wow. That's what we're here to talk about. Yes. So we're going to talk about on Fire Island. What is your connection with Fire Island, and how did it become the backdrop for your setting? I met my husband on Fire Island (laughs) 30 years ago. Um, you're not allowed to drink anything in the big town you can't drink even a snapple and he was arrested or brought into the police station because he just took a sip of a snapple on the street so i followed him into the police station and i said this is my boyfriend and he just got off the ferry boat and he took a sip of this and i was telling him the rules and he didn't know any differently so i think it's not fair that you arrested him so they said okay that sounds good. And my husband, who was basically a stranger at the time, said, well, this girl could talk me out of anything. I'm going to keep her around for a little while. And that's what happened. <laughs> so being that we met here, we really fell in love with the place. And eventually, when we were young, we, we rented a house. We had children. And then we bought a house. And I've been raising my three children out here ever since. I mean, in those summers, you know, it's it's not a full-time community for most people. I don't even have heat in my house. So we come here June, July, August, and a bit in September and May, or a lot in September and May, but October. And um, being here just sparked this book. Wow. Okay. How did you initially come up with the concept of your protagonist, Julia Moores, who unexpectedly died, but her soul is the narrative of the story um, that she observes her family and friends, how they cope with love, loss, and grief. So how did you come up with that concept? As I said before, I was a screenwriter before I was a novelist, and I had written this story as a screenplay featuring the three men, Ben, Shep, and Maddie. There are three main men in the book, which most of you have not read. So when I decided to turn it into a novel, my editor said, you really write for women mostly. You can't really write a book about three men. So I decided to take um, Ben's wife, who had recently passed away, and make her, and is really the gist of the story, is how he's dealing with his wife passing away. And I made her the um, narrator. And it was a huge process. 
in terms of I didn't want it to be just a ghost kind of situation. I wanted to, I wanted to really understand what it was that could be possible in the afterlife. And I did a ton of research on that and came up with the character of Julia and how she interacts during that one summer after she passes away. Wow. So on uh, Fire Island, highlights, you highlight various relationships, as you said, you know, the neighbors to the teenagers and the best friend. How did you balance and interweave these different character dynamics while maintaining the central narrative of the story? Well, I wanted the story to really reflect the community and mm -hmm. this is so this is a community of of eccentric people it really I is i call them kooks but they're not really they're you know fun loving kooky people right. different people and i really just wanted to capture that in the book so in making all of these under characters be a little quirky mm -hmm. it helped capture what it's really like here Oh, wow. I would love to visit that island. And I, I really admire the development of your relationship with Shep, Ben, and Maddie, and then the close-knit community, because it allowed me to connect with your characters. Were you ever concerned during the writing process that the readers may be overwhelmed by the number of characters of your story? Because it was quite a bit of characters. You know, but, yeah. that's very you... funny that you asked that because as a reader recently uh -huh. as a reader now that i'm a author i read things in a very different light and right. sometimes i do find myself confused in other books about you know if there are too many characters mm -hmm. um i don't i don't know i i guess i really didn't think about it till after the fact with this book and i just i hoped that everyone would be able to keep track I think like the chapter titles help and stuff like that. But Oh yeah, that helped a lot. I, I, I yeah. love the, yeah. And to be honest with you, it was real easy for me at least to keep up with the characters, you know, they, how you, you, you didn't just thrust them at us, you know, you broke it down and they all had their own little story to go through, you know, within the story. So it was easy. So Julia was an editor. Elizabeth was her agent, right? Was yeah. And her husband being was a novelist. So did you draw upon your own experience as a writer to portray the professions of these three characters? Yes, very much so. And and my editor helped me so much with Julia's character, like mm -hmm. the intricacies and the little, you know, details of behind the scenes of being an editor are not just, it's not just about correcting words. There's a lot that goes on. So it was really helpful to have an actual editor <laughs> editing that part of it. And an agent, yeah, I, I made her up, you know, but obviously I have an agent. I had an old agent and took a little bit from everybody. Right. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, after you've written your story and it's been edited and published, do you ever go back and read your story for pleasure, your own story? And how do you find it? And do you find it difficult to separate the writer from the reader when critiquing yourself? Sometimes like, when I do a talk and they ask me to read, mm -hmm. um, before I arrive at the talk, I'll pick up my book and I'll look through it and f try and find what passage would fit with this particular crowd that I should, you know, that I'm reading to. And I do sometimes get caught up and keep going. And the funny thing to me is that 
I sometimes laugh at a funny part as if I never heard it before, let alone wrote it. So yeah, sometimes I do. <laughs> I always wonder about that because I, when I write my own stuff, I find myself, it's really, sometimes it's hard to read for pleasure within your same genre. But if you read outside your genre, I, I'm okay because I find myself critiquing everything, not just my work, but everybody else's work. <laughs> so even though grief and love and personal growth are the recurring themes in On Fire Island, how did you skillfully maintain a balance between the depth of these emotions and the laughter? I call them heartfelt moments of laughter while ensuring that the sensitive topic like death didn't become overly depressing. Well, I've had a lot of experience with death. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that you can't, if so, I, I know that during these terrible times in your life, funny things do happen and they just do. And you, you know, they kind of live together and you have to allow them to happen because it feels good to laugh even in the worst life. So I really created the book to mimic life because life is filled with good and bad. And you can't ignore the good just because the bad is so bad at the time. Do so you know what I'm saying? Right. So the laughter, I think, was helpful for the readers and for Ben. So that's why I put it in. So you said you dealt with a grief in your lifetime as well. Did Was this book therapeutic for you when writing it? I've written this book for so long because I wrote it as a screenplay first. So I can't really, well, I'll, I'll take that back a little bit. It was therapeutic and I'll tell you why my mom passed right before I wrote this, meaning that I already wrote the story as a screenplay, but right before I made it into the novel that it is. And there were a lot of things that happened that I was paying attention to that kind of made me feel like there was an afterlife. Like, for example, the summer before my mom died, she was 93. We oh. were at the beach out on Fire Island and someone said there were dolphins in the ocean. So I said, mom, let's go look at the dolphins. Now my mom was always very spry. She was a gym teacher growing up. She was always older, an older mom. So she always had gray hair, but she was always really capable. And I used to forget as she got older that she was old. I would just outright forget that she was old because she didn't act old. So we're going to the beach and we're looking for these dolphins and we're walking and walking and I turn around and she's, she's not keeping up. I'm like, mom, what's going on? She's like, Jane, I'm old. I'm like, oh, I forgot you're old. I said, let's just forget chasing these dolphins. I'll see the dolphins another time. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you didn't get to see the dolphins. I said, it's okay. It's not a big deal. And we go home. The next summer, after she passes away, I'm sleeping. It's 830 in the morning. And I have this very, very vivid dream of five dolphins waving to me at the ocean, jumping up and waving. And then I, I wake up and I meet my friend to walk, like right at that moment, I was supposed to meet someone. So I threw on shorts, I ran outside and said, oh my, I overslept, I'm so sorry. And I had the craziest dream. And I told her about the dream. Now we're only three houses from the beach. So we start walking towards the beach. We walk up the stairs and wouldn't you know, there are five dolphins. Oh, wow. That's yeah. so amazing. I said, this has to be real. It just has to be real. Then I took a class 
with this rabbi about the afterlife, the Kabbalistic view of the afterlife. And it was mm. so interesting. And a lot of the things like the womb and the tomb that you said right. before. Yes. Yes, we could explain to the people listening. Um, do you have the book right there? I think it was. I have a, was uh, let's see. That's someone in here. Um, Rick Roy said he learned something new. The word for tomb and womb in Hebrews means the same. That we are born twice, once in the womb and once from the tomb. He said he embraces, which helped him with his grieving process. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah, yeah, so that was one of the things I learned, which is unbelievable that the words are the same. You know, I, I, there were so many things. And then I, I went to a medium mm-hmm. on, on um, online. It was during COVID. And there were mm-hmm. 15 people in this group. And wouldn't you know it, my mother just kept coming on and asking oh, wow. questions uh-huh. to the point where she was hogging all the attention from the other 14 people <laughs> in the group. So I really started believing all these things when I was writing this novel. It seems so real. And I, I mean, know. everything just, it's just spiritual real for me. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's a spiritual experience. I, I enjoy. So are I always say that most writers write from experience and usually the characters are bits and pieces of people we know within our own lives. Do any of these characters represent people on Fire Island? Or can you say <laughs> disclaimer? <laughs> well, okay. No, I can't. I mean, they don't exactly represent any specific people except for a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Julia, as I said before, or I have too much experience with death. So my father died when I was 11 and my sister died when I was 24, 25. She was mm-hmm. 39. So mm-hmm. I think that having people die in my that are so close to me at such a young age mm-hmm. definitely informed my character, Julia. Um, as far as the other people in the book, Shep, who's this cantankerous old man, he, and he's the most fun. He's kind of a compilation of all the men out here in Fire Island that play baseball with my husband. Yeah, I had spent a lot of time sitting on the bleachers, writing down the silly stuff they say. Um, And a lot of it is directly in the book, but it's not one specific person. Then there's like the people that own the market in the book, they're called Mm -hmm. the bigs. In real life, they're called the littles. So that was just a funny (laughs) twist on the names. The story, you know, their story is different. It's completely made up. And then I would say the most, the one thing that's very similar to real life is the friendship between Maggie and Dylan. Dylan's the ferry captain's daughter. My daughter was best friends or is still very good friends with the ferry captain's daughter, grew up just like Maddie and Dylan. So that relationship comes right from their friendship. Like the rest that. is really made up. Oh, wow. But I love it. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so I love characters' names, and we're going to play the character name, which is One Thing Game. So I'm going to call out a character name, and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of it. One word. Show. Okay. <laughs> Cantankerous. <laughs> Trouble. <laughs> Maddie. Troublemaker. Innocent. The rabbi. Yeah, intelligent. 
Okay, Elizabeth. Uh, hard, hardened, hardened. I like her in the end when she changed a little that motherly figure. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Sally. Oh, delicious. Oh, Sally's yeah. a dog, everybody. <laughs> okay, Gabe. Who's Gabe? I'm on the drummer. Did I get his name right? Oh, that's right. You know what? I changed his <laughs> name near the end. So sometimes that's a problem because I'm like, I changed the name and then I never remember who the person is. Oh, okay. Gabe. Gabe the drummer. Oh, sexy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tuck. Tuck. Jerk. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last but not least, Josie. Josie, beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I just yeah. love how you wrote the whole. It was a beautiful story. So Thank what you. kind of experience do you aim for your readers to take away after reading On Fire Island? I would love it if they took away a peaceful feeling about who you love on earth and how that love transcends death. That's that would make me happy. Yeah, and I thought about my grandmother and when, um, not to give away any spoilers, when Julia was walking around, especially when she was with her sister out at the beach and she was her sister was talking to her and she sort of felt her presence, I jerked a little bit when I thought I felt my grandmother's presence who passed away um, 10 years ago. And that was peaceful because I started thinking about all the times I had these little strange feelings when I you know think about my loved ones that has passed on I was like what if they are really here I know time is passing they probably but it's just comforting to know I just mm -hmm. enjoyed this book and I, I strongly recommend for all my viewers everyone pass the word on to your friends to pick up a copy it is so worth having there by your side it was just a beautiful story you know you hear people say well-written story well yours was well-written and beautifully written it was just beautiful totally beautiful thank you so much Tash. i, I really appreciate it. it so we got a couple of people out here right now and we went through nick first he just said hey he's here um he has some free time to catch us on things, and he's looking forward to our interview. He also mentioned that he purchased your book, and he had just started reading. And Dreaming Truth, she's here, and she said hello. So most of the audience will be watching it off and on on different platforms today. And how can our readers reach you or reach out to you? I do have your website linked to our uh, description below. Are you on any other social media platforms? Yeah, I'm very active on Instagram. That seems to be my easiest platform to communicate with readers. And I'm always willing to, you know, pop in to um, say hello if you're having a book club or if you have just questions to ask me for your book club, I'm happy to answer them. You can awesome. find me on Instagram. Well, I got to follow your Instagram. I love Instagram. <laughs> But I want to thank you for taking the time and having your coffee break with us today. And make sure, readers, y'all like and subscribe. Check out Jan L. Rosen's website. It's in the description below. And follow her on Instagram and pick up that copy. It is so worth having. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time out today with us. Tish, this was a wonderful interview. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for really appreciating On Fire Island the way I hoped people would appreciate it. Oh, they got to. They just have to because I've been telling all my friends about it. Even before I finished reading, I've been kind of, oh, you got to read this. I know you're going to love it. I was reading the prologue telling them that. They got to read it. So thank you. We're going to end today's coffee break, and you all have a wonderful and blessed day. Until next time, thank you. happy writing. Bye. Thank you, Tish. <laughs> you're Bye. welcome.